the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Every morning is a new opportunity to take in the news of the day and the challenges of life and try to make sense of it all. Right now, we've got a show that tackles the topics and asks what you think. So get ready to start your day with a bold look at history as it happens. Let's learn, live, and sometimes laugh together. It's the Mark Davis Show on 660 AM, The Answer. Well, we get to say this every once in a while. Uh, It is Thursday, February 29th. 2024. Well, how many times have I said that since I've like had a career, you know, identifying the day at the beginning of shows? I'm I'm 66, so this is only the did the math a minute ago. Only the 17th one of these that I've had in my life, and of course that also comports with the number of uh, of presidential elections I've had. Uh, Thirteen. Well, I mean, obviously, for voting, this is only the 13th presidential election. I voted in, and and I'm 66. So we get that leap day, of course, because the Earth's trip around the sun is 365 and a quarter days. So every four years, got to pick one up. But it's actually not exactly 365 and a quarter. So they figured out that what you really need is just a smidge of give back. So every century, the year ending in 00, is not a leap year. Uh, Unless... It's divisible by 400, meaning the years 1600, 2000 was a leap year. 2400 will not be. I don't expect I'll have a show that day. Uh, But uh, 2000 was. 2100 will not. Don't expect I'll have a show that day either. But so that's uh, so that's uh, that's the way the planet goes around the sun. And this is the way the issues go around in our brains. Are you ready to go on this Thursday? Are we get are we ready to shoehorn even a few more things into a fascinating stretch toward Super Tuesday toward the Texas primary? The advertising wars continue. I have to tell you, there are articles upon articles being written about the lies from these squish rhino billionaires uh, trying to savage Brandon Gill in Texas 26 and the various efforts by some of the folks who just realized that the that, that the dance may be over for Dade Phelan. Can he be beaten by David Covey in Texas 21? I have said I'll believe it when I see it, but I don't think it's impossible that I see it. Mr. Covey has an endorsement from uh, Dan Patrick, from Donald Trump, from Ken Paxton. Uh, it, it's and, and God bless Rick Perry. God bless my friend Rick Perry. I've loved him. I mean, I, when I got back to my native Texas to start doing talk shows 30 years ago next month, Rick Perry was agriculture commissioner. And I had him on the show, and I think we talked about ranch land or something you talk about with an agriculture commissioner. Next thing I know, he's a lieutenant governor. Wow, here's a guy on a rocket ride of, a, of an ascendancy. And then he's governor, like forever, and just one of our best governors, and just one of the one of the greatest people. Just, uh, I, I love my friend Rick Perry. Uh, and, and Governor Perry was not originally on board with Trump, called him a cancer on conservatism. Changed his mind about that. 
Trump rewards you when you change your mind about him sometimes, and uh, and that made uh, Rick Perry Secretary of Energy. Ironically, one of the three departments he said should be, or almost said, should be eliminated in the famous oops moment of the 2012 presidential debate. But anyway, I love my friend Rick Perry, but Rick is all in for Team Dade Phelan and was down in the district, down in Beaumont, and you know what his argument was for the voters down there? is that uh, it wasn't about Dade and uh, and all the conservatism he will bring. And here's the tricky thing about Speaker Dade feeling. Did he preside over a session in which a whole lot of good conservative things happened? Yes. We got constitutional carry. We got the heartbeat bill. We got the things that Dade was okay with. Didn't get school choice because Dade's not okay with it. Didn't get the ban on the Chinese buying up huge scarfs of Texas property because Dade's not on board for it. Didn't get a number of things that Dade is not on board for. And we did get some of the things that Dade does require, like Democrats chairing committees in a supposedly Republican legislature. So there's Governor Perry down there yesterday in in Beaumont, in Texas District 21, where David Covey can beat Dade Phelan if the district has its act together, if conservatives care about conservatism and not Ooh, the speakers from my neighborhood. And that was that was Governor Perry's point. Hey, this is like the first speaker from uh, from Southeast Texas. And then people, Joe Strauss. Well, Joe Strauss is from San Antonio. It's not exactly Southeast Texas. All right. Anyway, uh, like it, it continues the, the streak for you guys in your neighborhood. It gives you clout. Ho-hum, man. None of that matters. You, you want to talk about clout and geographic clout? Mitch McConnell is out as Senate Majority Leader. Fantastic. Mitch is over-criticized sometimes, but over-praised a lot. I will always thank him for giving the people, the, the voting public, a choice on filling a Supreme Court seat because the president does that, and the Scalia death left a Supreme Court vacancy that Barack Obama wanted to shoehorn Merrick Garland into, and, and Mitch McConnell said, nope, no hearing, not going to do it. Here comes an election. We'll let the American people decide who ought to fill that vacancy. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Leader McConnell. On a number of other things, he has been a a a, a faint warrior, sometimes an outright impediment to real conservative progress. He is out of step with where the party is, out of step with modern conservatism, and he's 82, but that ain't why he's leaving, because you know we're in an era where people want to keep their elected jobs till they're 100. But he, at least he realized, you know what, my, my time has passed. So we now have a vacancy at um, at what, what I hope is Senate Majority Leader. If we get the if we're blessed with the Senate Majority and winning back the Senate this election year, but. The you've heard about the three Johns. There are three people named as possible McConnell successors: Senator John Thune of South Dakota, Senator John Barrasso of Wyoming, <laughs> and Senator John Cornyn of Texas, who I would think has to be a favorite. 
in terms of clout, in terms of, uh, you know, Republican establishment cred, in terms of the relationships he has forged in the party, in terms of just he has everything going for him in the internal mechanism necessary to become the, the Senate majority leader, the Senate Republican leader. Uh, I don't want him. Don't want him. I, I, that's what that's I want an upgrade at that position. Cornyn is McConnell, roughly a decade younger. Now I I don't dream we could get Ted Cruz because here's the tricky thing. Sure, I love Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz, not widely loved among his colleagues, and which gets you to the catch twenty two. Because one of the reasons he's not widely loved among his colleagues is because many of his colleagues are Casper, milk toast, wimp, rhino, squish, go along to get along, establishment toadies. <laughs> wow, that's a lot. And and, and so a, a bold, unapologetic conservative, I mean, you know, makes them clutch their pearls. So can we get a majority leader who is, you know you're not going to get J.D. Vance, you know you're not going to get Rand Paul. So who are you going to get? My point about geography being there is nothing whatsoever about John Cornyn being from Texas that makes me go, ooh, I want him. I don't care where he's from. If I'm down in House District 21 and I'm a real conservative, I want Dade Phelan out tomorrow. I don't care if the speaker's from my district. He's impeding conservative progress in my state. So... So, in the news this morning, vacancy at the Senate Republican leader position. Who do you want? 866-660-5759. There are three, I guess, at least three on any given day, three enormous stories involving Trump. (laughs) Surprise! One, he will go to the border today. And, and and Hannity will be fused to his side. <laughs> There'll be a big, a big Fox broadcast. Who another shocker? <laughs> but it's going to be great. Trump at the border. Trump will be at Eagle Pass, where border stuff is actually happening. Joe Biden will also be at the border in Brownsville. What will he surround himself with? What sentences will he attempt to complete? Competing visits to the border. Who thought this was a good idea at this White House? So story number one, Trump at the border. And so is Biden. Story number two, an Illinois judge has kicked Trump off the Illinois primary ballot. It was an immediate injunction filed that stops the whole thing. But just the litany continues of judges, election officials, secretaries of state in various uh, blue states that hate Trump trying to remove choice from the voting public. It will not stand. And the third story, this may be... um, the biggest one of all in terms of electoral consequences is the Supreme Court has agreed to look at the very interesting case of whether presidents deserve blanket immunity for some things. Not if a president goes out and, you know, shoots somebody or president goes out and, you know, starts dealing meth. But if a president, should a president be immune from supposed uh, charged asserted crimes in the dispatch of his duties, I have always been a yes on that. And your consistency test is, oh, what if it's a Democrat? Yes, if it's a Democrat. Because you can't have 
local DAs and other mischief makers, state attorneys general, the proper plural, uh, trying to get themselves into the headlines by indicting a sitting president. Just no. No, no, no. And, and, And honestly, maybe even a former president in terms of things they did in the dispatch of their duties. And what this is all about is the supposed uh, election interference, insurrection. Yeah, they've never been charged with insurrection. But was it part of Trump's official duty to make his assertions regarding election integrity? Of course it was. And you could agree with that or not agree with what his assertions were, but it was obviously central to his job. So I would say yes to that on the Supreme Court. But here's the weird thing. Arguments wouldn't be heard on that until probably April. A ruling perhaps not until June, which is the month before the Republican convention in Milwaukee in July. Whoo, oh boy. All right. Uh, Mike uh, Gallagher, our last visit with him in Jerusalem, because tomorrow's a travel day. Get Mike safely back to these United States. Uh, Mike was in Gaza. I'll just leave that there, and uh, he'll report uh, to us. It's uh, three-something in the afternoon over in Jerusalem, and Mike will be with us here in about um, 15 minutes, and we will see We'll see what his field trip was like. In the 8 o'clock hour, maybe even the beginning of the 8 o'clock hour, you know you have this wonderful young woman, Lakin Riley, killed at the University of Georgia by an illegal immigrant. Shouldn't have been in the country. They, we had him like twice and let him go. They let him go in Georgia. They let him go in New York. Joe Biden's America. And um, the mayor of Athens, a gentleman named Kelly Gertz, was, had some remarks about this. And were they about the dangers posed by, you know, illegals or dangers posed by anybody uh, on on the campus that is a big part of, of his town or, or anything else? Nope. It was uh, Trump's fault. It was there was some tie-in to Charlottesville, what, and um, and the tensions created by people who are anti-immigrant. Anti-immigrant is the adjective you will hear attached to all conservatives who want borders that work. None of it is about being anti-immigrant. It's about anti-illegal immigrant. It is behavioral. Thank you. So uh, he, there was a citizen there standing in the room. It was not like a press conference. It was just reporters. The mayor of Athens, Georgia, was up there spewing all this. And there was one local resident named James Lee. You might have seen the video, black T-shirt and straw hat. And he just let fly. He eviscerated the mayor right there at the podium. I don't tend to advocate things like that. I don't, I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, here's what we ought to do. Let's uh, get on out there and when uh, public officials are saying things we don't like, let's just heckle them loudly and brutally for a couple of minutes. It tends to not be the way to conduct life. But I got to tell you, when you have a dead young woman and this kind of deflection and this kind of dishonesty and these kinds of policies like sanctuary cities that have a death toll among our fellow Americans... Maybe that's something you disrupt. So you'll hear Mr. Lee. You'll hear Mr. Lee in two ways. You'll hear the audio of him uh, screaming at the mayor. And then he was on Jesse Waters last night. <laughs> ah, that was a trip. So um, anyway, much. Um, so there we are. 
So there we are. And with the uh, topical uh, buffet laid out, and I'm just getting started, here's what we always do to get started. Lord, guide us and protect us as we face the challenges of this new day. We thank you every day for this blessed nation and your hand in creating it. Fill our hearts with the energy to protect the freedoms which come from you, which our nation was founded to protect. Let us navigate these troubling times with a positive spirit, treating others as we would want to be treated. Lord, these are times of trial and challenge. Lift us as we follow your word and work for a better America, where our Constitution is honored, our schools and public spaces are safe, our elections are reliable, our borders work, where we protect the unborn, and we fight for the meaning and the intent of the two genders you created and where our differences are hashed out with honesty and goodwill, and our freedoms of speech and worship are protected. As we face each day's problems, give us the clarity to look around and cherish our many blessings in our nation, our great state of Texas, our communities, and our families. If we follow you, Lord, we know we can get through anything, and we ask these things in your holy name. Amen. If this moment every day means something to you, and so many of you are so kind to tell me that it does, Stop right now, take a moment of action, because what is prayer supposed to do? It's supposed to put God in our mind and, uh, and and guide us and inspire us. But a lot of people say, you know, thoughts and prayers, all you, you know, Christ followers just do the thoughts and prayers and, you know, it's a, what, what do you then do? Oh, fair question. What do we then do? What do we do? Like after there's some horrible shooting, we offer up our thoughts and prayers for the victims. Yeah, yeah, we're not doing anything. What we're trying to do is change the culture. What we're trying to do is change hearts and minds. What we're trying to do is is spread more, uh, you know, Christ-like behavior so that folks don't shoot up schools. We are doing something. I want to give you a chance to do something right now that'll make you feel great. But the reason you'll feel great is you're going to save a life. Go to 660amtheanswer.com. Two lives, in fact, if you've got 80 bucks. 660amtheanswer.com. Click the Give Life banner, our Food for the Poor campaign. If that moment of prayer resonates with you, means something to you, put that prayer, put those thoughts, put your heart into action. Let's put food into starving communities. Let's put a smile on the face of kids who have nothing to eat today across Latin America, Caribbean. I've been to Guatemala. I've been to Haiti with Food for the Poor. It's a magnificent group bringing faith as well as food. And if you click on that button at 660amtheanswer.com, the Give Life Manor, our Food for the Poor campaign this year, thanks to a great program of of, uh, matching donations, for $80, you can feed two children for a year. For a year. Can you do that for me, please? Say, you know what? The prayer means something to me, and it puts my mind right. Now let it spur you toward action. Save a couple of lives today, will you? And do it now. If you're, you know, in the car, you can do it later. (laughs) But uh, do it today. 660amtheanswer.com. Click the Give Life banner and say, you know what? Those moments I've spent thinking of God because of the prayer on the radio, let's do something that would make God smile. Let's do something for God's children. Let's do something that puts prayer into action. Let's make it really mean something. 660amtheanswer.com. Click the Give Life banner. Unless you don't have 80 bucks, it's okay. Click the Custom Donate. Give me 20. That's fine. And you ain't giving it to me. You're not even giving it to Food for the Poor. You're giving it to a mom with 
two, three kids, can't feed but one of them, can't feed any of them. Now she can because of you, because the prayer meant something to you. Thanks. 660ameanswer.com. Click the Give Life banner, Food for the Poor, and do what you can. Thank you. 725. Aretha Franklin doing a record co-written in 67 by Stevie Wonder. So you come back to me. From the album Let Me In Your Life, Aretha's 20th album released this week. 40 years ago. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to head into the newsroom for Nikki Whaley's uh, headline burst, and then we're going to Israel to to have Mike tell us about his trip to Gaza. Are you ready? I am. Can't wait. I'm Mark Davis. Here's Nikki Whaley. Lots of lyrics referring to the city that has hosted Mike Gallagher this week, Sinead O'Connor. Jerusalem from the Lion and the Cobra. And obviously Israel is uh, pretty important these days. It's important every day. And these days in wartime and the war is focused on Israel's uh, action in Gaza, where our talk show buddy Mike Gallagher, who's joined us all week and brought us so many things to inspire and so many things to enlighten. And he, of course, when I wake up, it's already the middle of the day for him. It's 3.38 in the afternoon. And just in the last couple of hours, Mike has uh, texted me pictures of him in full helmet and uh, Kevlar and flak arrangement as you uh, went deep in the war zone. Can't wait to hear about it. And welcome. Well, uh, yeah, it was quite a day. We went to the uh, southern district of Israel, known as the Gaza Envelope. This is where one of the, there was a, a number of kibbutzes, and you've probably seen the video of the horrific attack on these peaceful community people. This is a collective community of people who do a lot of agriculture. They have, you see a lot of flowers and crafts, and it's just a tight-knit community. And in this particular community, near Oz, it's called, near Oz is where we were, um, I talked to the head of security of this particular kibbutz. And, Mark, uh, it was chilling because we could see Gaza from our perch. Uh, it was less than a mile from where we were. And we could hear the mortar fire as I was uh, there on a number of occasions. In fact, we isolated uh, one of the the, the, uh, the cannon fire. And the guy said cannon. And I kind of looked at him and said cannon. He goes, yeah, that's what we call them. When they're not on a, uh, a vehicle, uh, when it's a stationary mortar-firing uh, weapon, we call it cannon. And here was what it sounded like as I was talking to Ilan Isaacson, chief of security for the Eshkot region where I, was, uh, where I visited today in the Gaza envelope. You can hear by the sound how close we were to, uh, to, the, to the fighting. Here's what it sounded like in the middle of that interview. Can you talk about how the security here, and we just we can hear a, a, some bombing in the background. Wow. That was going on about every wow. nine or ten minutes when we were there. And gets your attention. That I mean, we were given instructions. Oh. Well, it does. I mean, and, and, you know, as we were driving in, our security team, and we have, we've had a security team with us the whole time. And it was, you know, a part of the – it's been a, you know – Big process bureaucratically to, to bring a host into a war zone because obviously there's 
fiduciary responsibilities that the company has, and they had to do life insurance, you know, certain insurance for me uh, for the company's sake. And one of the contingencies was that I would have two armed security guards with me at all times, uh, which we have had. And so these wonderful, wonderful men, uh, they got big guns, um, and they are, are just kind, and but they're very resolute, and they know what war is like. Yeah. And they gave us instructions specifically, if there if something goes sideways, you are to fall to the ground, you are to put your hands on the sides of your head, you keep your helmet on, you keep your, your flak jacket on, and you stay to the ground until we tell you otherwise. Um, we, we, we drove all throughout the, the southern region, Mark, and to see... I, I'm going to, you know me, I'm a pretty emotional guy. We, we, we visited one home that was the residence in the kibbutz of an elderly man. And he was a grandfather because there were little children's toys strewn around in front of his home. And he had a Filipino caregiver. The Filipino caregiver was a devout Christian. And the house that we visited that was completely ravaged, you could see it was all burned out. Um, and... The, when the terrorists attacked at about 6.45 in the morning, the morning of October the 7th, the elderly man immediately knew what was happening. He said, we're under attack, we're under attack. And he said to the younger Filipino caregiver, you have to run, you have to flee, you have to save your life. And that, that caregiver refused to leave. He said, no, I'm going to stay with you, I'm going to be there with you, and we're going to get through this together. The elderly man was murdered. The Filipino was taken hostage in, to Gaza. And here's the miracle. This Filipino caregiver who was willing to put his life on the line for his boss, for his patient, that Filipino caregiver has been released by uh, in one of the hostage exchanges. So, And the grim remnant of the house of this elderly man, besides the little children's toys that we saw strewn about in the front yard, was his nearly brand new bright blue walker that he used to get around his his home in. And that walker is still outside of the house, a reminder, a very grim reminder of who used to live there before the terrorists murdered him. We went over to um, Starot. Starot is the site of a big massacre of police officers. The Starot uh, police station was raided that morning by 26 terrorists. Um, eight police officers were killed inside the police station, um, two more were killed in front of the police station, and the terrorists, though, were cornered, finally, in that police station. It was their plan to kill the police and then continue their rampage through this city of Sarot. And there was a there was a yeshiva just a couple hundred yards away with a lot of young boys who um, were, you know, they would have been killed by these terrorists. But the brave fighting forces, the Israeli forces, uh, surrounded the police station, and they made the decision to annihilate the police station, killing all 26 of the terrorists inside. And right now, where that once that police station once once stood is now just gravel. It has already been raised. It is cleared out, and uh, and there are flyers up everywhere. There was a sniper across the street from the police station, an Israeli sniper who was who was uh, taking out a number of the terrorists. One man was critically injured, and we stood in front of the bomb shelter where he was sort of dragged and propped up against it, and the bloodstains are still there. And we chronicled that with our cameras to show uh, our audience who will be watching today on Salem News Channel. So those are the things we saw. Those are the sounds we heard. 
the stories of survival, the stories of, of heartache. And, of course, now the message is get these hostages home. We must get them home. There are still so many hostages who are being held as ransom, really, by the, you know, as a negotiating pl- pl- a tool by the evildoers, of by these course. Hamas terrorists. I, when I went to, um, I got a, one more thing, and That'll then I'll, 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 I'll certainly turn it over to you. There's so no, much breaking news please. I know going on. No, and, no problem. But, but we grabbed um, these dog tags at Hostage Square yesterday in Tel Aviv. They have these beautiful little dog tags that say in English, bring them home now, and in Hebrew, our hearts are with those captured in Gaza. It's in Hebrew. I bought 200 of these dog tags to bring back with me to the United States. Now, we're here as a fact-finding and a mission trip on behalf of the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. I thought it would be kind of cool to sell these memorial dog tags, these tribute tags to the victims of this massacre and the people who are being held captive. And so we've put together a neat little offer. If you, if your audience, and I only have, I think I have 100, I have 100 total. If you make a donation of $99 to the, the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews, we'll send you this tag with this beautiful Hebrew message, our hearts are with those in Gaza. It's Again, it's in Hebrew, and then below that in English, bring them home now. You have to make a, it has to be exactly $99 so we know that you want the tag. But if you go to MikeOnline.com and click on the Israel at War banner at the top of the page and you, and you, and you make a $99 donation, we will send you, while they last, there's only 100, we'll send you one of these dog tags. Just go to MikeOnline.com, and I'll, I, I bet, I'll, they, I wonder they might sell out oh, just from the Mark no, Davis family. <laughs> they, they soon will be, if, if I know this audience. And what you have just shared, this is why they fight. This is why we gather in support of this fight. And if anybody right. from AOC to Rashida Tlaib to, to the voters of Dearborn, Michigan, need to understand why this is going on, the things you have described is why Israel had to fight back. They are fighting back. This is a response to what is, and and nobody's being glib when they call this Israel's 9-11. It was about 1,000 people slaughtered on that day in a country of about 10 million. 9-11 was 3,000 people slaughtered in a country 30 times bigger. Uh, and again, I don't want to play can you top this with evil, but but proportionally speaking, that's why this is not – it's an understatement to call it Israel's 9-11 in terms of the death toll. So right. here You're in so America, right. where across college campuses and in the, in the Democrat Party, the, this notion – listen, if somebody's on the Palestinian side of this in terms of the land dispute, fine. But there is a pro-Hamas wing of the Democrat Party. There is a pro-Hamas poison that is, that is infiltrating our campuses and uh, – uh, and over here in, in this country, to which you will soon return, things remain crazy. Well, and, and I will tell you that to Israelis, to Jews here in Israel, they really don't get that because there is nobody here. In fact, the left wing, as many have told me, is no more. There, there's no lefties anymore who are, who are peaceniks, as they call them. And that's kind of the Israeli term for these people who lived near the Gaza border and would send over balloons and, and care packages and love. And now they, now they know. You know, and a, lot, a lot of those people befriended the, the Palestinians who betrayed the Jews, who, who, told God, who told Hamas, that house, the, yep, they've got a German shepherd in the back. You've got to take out the German shepherd first. That house, they have two adult kids. And another point, Mark, I want to make, make no mistake, 
ev- almost everybody here is armed. I'm going to tell you a funny story. Um, all right, I'm, a, I'm, I'm pretty exhausted. This has been a tough week, and I'm not as young as I used to be, and I like my creature comforts, and my hotel has a spa where I decided I'm going to treat myself to a massage. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 the uh, spa said, we've got somebody who <laughs> massages soldiers, and he's terrific, and, you know, it's no problem. So go here into the room. Yep. Well, the gentleman to, that was here, my massage therapist yep. was about 50, 55 years old and an, orth, and an Orthodox Jew. Yes. So that was that kind of thought. I thought that was kind of different, you yes. know. So he's got the, the prayer shawl on. Yep. He had the, the, the yarmulke, of course, the long beard. Yep. And he had in his waistband yep. the biggest gun I've ever he's seen. He's packing, I and knew it. <laughs> he's packing. And I thought, please put it down when you're rubbing my back or or, or I'm not going to like the outcome of this massage. But it's everywhere. Yes. I'm, talk- I'm telling, how about oh, oh, the waiters in the restaurant? There's, there is a very different conversation about guns here in Israel. People are armed, and the Israeli government gets it. They understand it. You now, bet. they don't have a Second Amendment debate. They have a, it is a bit different here. Right. When you get a license for a gun here, that license matches the exact gun you're allowed to have. In other words, not like us where you can have a bunch of different guns with uh-huh. one license. It doesn't work that way here. And and the other thing that's fascinating in, in terms of, of the, the gun they have a four-hour training course, and that be yes, it. Four yes, hours, indeed. and you get your you get your permit, and you get your gun, and Godspeed, and protect your family. The, they uh, do not use guns for hobby here. They do not use no. guns for hunting. It's not for recreational activity. They don't really have gun ranges per, per gun ranges per se. It is to stay alive, and it's a lesson we sure could learn in the United States, it don't you think, indeed. my friend? So two things. That hey, have, real, quick, real quick, eminent... before, before, you, before you end here, and I do want to tell you one thing, because there's nothing dumber than seeing me in a helmet and a flak jacket, because I'm not made for this. But if you want to see what it looks like, and it's a helmet and a flak jacket yep. provided by the International Fellowship of Christians yep. and Jews because they donate these flak jackets and helmets to first responders here in Israel thanks to the donations and the contributions of our audience. If you want to see the stupidest-looking man with a helmet on and a flak jacket in Gaza, you'll see Gaza over my shoulder. If you text the keyword Gaza to 800-655-6453, we'll send you back the picture. Because, listen, this is a very visual and interactive thing. It, but it we're on the radio every morning. I mean, you texted that I to want, me like five o'clock this morning. I went, and it's funny. It's like, oh, there's Mike, you know, in a in a, in a helmet and the flag thing. But then I, you take a moment to realize why you have it on, and it's because of where you right. are. And the only thing I wanted to do, I had, I had nothing else content wise. You'll you'll be back on Monday, <laughs> and, and tr- they'll still be trying to yank Trump off of ballots. Trump and Biden will have been to the border. Who thought that was a good idea for Biden? We'll have everything to talk about tomorrow's a travel day. But for your travels, just thank you for your own show, of course, which. Is the, the final one of which from Jerusalem, 10 o'clock as soon as we're done here on 660 AM, The Answer. But you know how much I love this segment. You know how much I love you. This week has been so special, and we are so in your debt. And uh, safe travels, well, my friend. I just love you and, so much. And, and, let me say, and let me say from the Holy Land what you mean to me, because talking to you every day before I start this show, and, and I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating. It's been a tough week. It's been a hard week and, and, and an, an exhausting week, and emotionally I'm spent. But talking to you is – Having somebody that I love in my life and your wonderful, loving audience talking and connecting to the to the Metroplex every day before I start my show 
is a real blessing. So thank you, my friend. I love you and uh, and love your audience as well. And uh, hey, we're headed back tomorrow. We'll be back, you and me together uh, again, 735, not 335, yeah, exactly. but 735. You'll have to get up in the morning. I'll <laughs> <laughs> oh, still get up at the same time. And jet lag is no fun either. Ambient anyone? Oh, my word. <laughs> oh, that's good. So I'll get, yeah, I'll get back to normal in about 2027. <laughs> okay, be so coherent third year, the, third year of the Trump administration. All right. I love you. God Take bless, care, Mike. Mark. He See you Monday. He's there in God Jerusalem, bless. and he's there for one more day. Listen, as soon as we're done, Mike in Israel, 10 o'clock, right here on 660 AM, The Answer. Evening shadows make me blue when each weary day is through. Spring of 1948. The Pied Pipers and my happiness. my happiness. The way, 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 way back machine, putting a little capper on our seven o'clock hour and clearing the way for the eight. Hey, everybody, you want to hear a liberal mayor of a sanctuary city just get yelled at by a citizen? It's coming and it's deserved. So stick around. It's just one of the many things that we're handling here on this leap day. So let us leap into the 8 o'clock hour on this Thursday, 29 Feb 24. Mark Davis, 660 AM, The Answer. Stick around. Have gone by since we shared our dreams. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 